celebrating the connection with our pets. Welcome. It's Animal Radio. 1-866-405-8405. The whole gang here to answer your questions. Vet medical questions. We direct those to Dr. Debbie. She's the only one with a, a degree here. So we, we feel, and she's also our vet. So we mm-hmm. feel it's kind of important. Of course. If they're, if they're taking care of your animals, they should have a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Just those little <coughs> small things. Uh, little things. It's a good thing, Hal, yeah. and usually from a College of Veterinary Medicine, not necessarily, you know, a blue light special. Mm-hmm. Nothing you get online. Yeah. yeah. No, no. She's, uh, she's got it on her office wall, and she, she actually walks into the studio every day, and she snaps her gloves. So that's how you know she has the degree, her little rubber gloves. That's professional. It uh, always catches me by surprise. Uh, Vinny Penn is on the way, as well as animal communicator Joy Turner, uh, Susan Sims, and next week, dog father Joey Villani joining us. Uh, you yeah, were, right. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I promise. This portion uh-huh. of Animal Radio brought to you by Blue Buffalo, makers of healthy and holistic natural food for dogs and cats. You love them like family, so feed them like family with Blue. I'm just trying to mix it up there. They said you didn't sound uh-huh. passionate about the Blue. And we are yeah, very passionate yeah. about yes, Blue Buffalo. Definitely. Great stuff. Yeah. Be passionate Great about food. Blue Buffalo. I know. It's Blue. <laughs> you still have your Blue Lava Lamp in your uh, studio. The there. Lava Lamp is ignited and yes indeed it is Blue. When it comes to our I cats we give them Blue. You feed your cats Blue too don't you? Mm-hmm. They have to. They, the finickiest I think I just made that word up. Cats no, that's will not. love this food. Blue Buffalo. Do they appreciate it when we uh, ad-lib like that? Of course. Okay. Coming up in just a few minutes, we have a lady who wrote a book called Healing Companions on, and she talks about a special kind of service dogs. Now, we have a, we have our guide dogs, which... We've been around forever. Yeah, if you're blind, you know, mm-hmm. what, you have one of those guide dogs, or if, you know, there's all kinds of assistance dogs. Now there's one for psychiatric disorders, which I'm pretty sure that I qualify all around for. <laughs> You should have several now. Well, no, seriously. They, uh, you know, for bipolar disorder, everyone mm-hmm. knows I'm very bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not all, but that's another show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, Judy. I actually have a client who has a psychiatric service dog for her. Oh, really? What's the condition? Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know all the details, but it is some kind of anxiety behavior. Um, and the dog helps her cope, and the dog helps her in situations. And when she starts to get anxious, um, it produces, it comes over and kind of calms her and brings her down um, through the situation. So, yeah, I don't know all the I'm quite the details there. For that, yes, you really, are. I, I should get uh, certified. <laughs> See, I want one to... that does the eating disorders that'll block the refrigerator, so I can't get in. Well, more details on that <laughs> coming up in just a few minutes with Healing Companions Jane Miller. She wrote a guidebook about this. I'm thinking. If I can get one of these service dogs, can I get into restaurants and sit wherever I want? And uh, oh, now the yeah, phones are ringing. Yeah, you get a real special yeah. treat. Okay. Yeah. Send your complaints to your voice at animalradio.com. <laughs> You're working on a story about a hoarder in the news. Who's and of course a hoarder is somebody who has way too many animals, right? You're borderline. Now. In some borderline cases, hoarder. it's. it's it, the, the the bad ones are the pe- are the ones that hoard animals. There are people who hoard all kinds of things, but this individual has a history of it. And a Michigan judge has finally handed down a what I think is a real good sentence for him. Uh, details coming up in the news. And I also see you're working on a Susan Boyle story. Now this is intriguing. Of course, this is the singer from that uh, English version of the uh, Britain's American- Got Talent. Yeah. <laughs> she, and uh, it was you know. Y- 
everyone saw, I think, the YouTube clip of everything where this dowdy little lady comes out and just blows oh, everyone yeah. away yeah. with her voice. She has animals? Why would she, she be in an animal radio news? She has a kitty, huh? Just as a kitty, and and there was there was an opportunity for her to come over here to the left coast, but well, I'll tell you all about it coming up in the news. Oh, I can't wait now. I'm even going to listen. Okay, Doctor Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Vinnie Penn's here. Animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, uh, Britt, and next week, dog father Joey Villani joins us. Uh huh. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is Greg Biffle on Animal Radio, and remember to spay the new to your pets. This is Animal Radio, baby. to the microphone where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be screening calls. I am. I was just busy over there. She just, you know, rolled over and showed me her little belly. So I have to give her a belly. Have to rub the puppy belly, huh? Yes, you have to. Crack the whip. Get her back to work. (laughs) It is a cute puppy belly. It is. I almost want to just go rub it. You can't resist it. Okay, we have to to get back to work here. We've got some important email. It's Animal Radio. 1-866-405-8405. 1-866-405-8405. Email just came in at your voice at animalradio.com. Help! I have two very spoiled Boston Terriers. Everything wooden has already been chewed on, and now they've chewed the corner of the sofa, including stuffing. My husband and I both work. They seem to only chew things up when I don't get home until after dark. And they know it's wrong because their behavior is very different when I get in the driveway. Please help. What oh, do you think, Doc? Uh, first of all, they don't know that it's wrong. Ah. That's the first thing that we need to understand when dogs are destructive and chew things that they shouldn't. What they do know is they know that when you get home, they read our body language. And they know that we're unhappy because it shows on our face and it shows in our voice. That's what they're reacting to. So, I don't know. And I'd say that the biggest thing we have now chewing on wood is definitely a problem. Uh-huh. But a lot of times this is a matter of dogs that are bored. Dogs that are bored and have access and opportunity. So I guess the first thing would be is decrease boredom for this uh, household. Get those dogs out 30 minutes a day doing something very physical, not just running in the backyard, going for a dog run, playing sports, retrieving something to get their blood moving, get them physically active because a tired dog is a less destructive dog. Um. And then I definitely make sure we decrease opportunity. These dogs can't have access to the backyard and being unsupervised because they don't know that these things are off limits. So we need to make sure that they are restricted in their opportunities, whether that means kennel training them, having a pet sitter or dog sitter come over and check on them during the day, and then also giving them good alternatives, uh, Kong stuff, toys, things that have good oral fixation. And rawhides are a great thing if you supervise them. So I say we got some work here, but we can get these babies off the wood and leave that for the woodchucks. <laughs> now you say don't leave them alone with rawhide. That's because it's too dangerous? It, definitely. With rawhides, it's a great chewing outlet, but if they get those little sloppy pieces off, they mm. can choke on them, they can get caught on the jaw 
draw. And if you're not there, that could be a really serious problem. So I always recommend rawhides be supervised. Isn't there that compressed rawhide that you can get to? Yeah, you know my favorite. I love yeah. compressed rawhides. They are the most durable. They last long. And they don't have those knots on the end that get sloppy, get caught, mm. and they don't get pieces of it. So the compressed rawhide is by far my favorite thing. And my dogs love them. Okay, well, I hope that helps you, Lee and Debbie. By the way, they signed their letter, Boston Terrier Suckers. <laughs> Hopefully that helps. Your voice at AnimalRadio.com. Get in touch with us all week long at one 405 8405 If you're one of those that has to tweet everything you do, and I know there's a few of you out there. Just, I'm l- looking over at Bobby right now. She <laughs> the tweet. She's the only one of us. Uh. She's our social networking butterfly. And by the way, you can follow us at twitter.com slash animal radio. There's a link from the uh, front of the animal radio website. And uh, she's uh, going to tell us about a way your puppy can tweet. Oh, now. boy. Yeah, no this, way. <laughs> boy, this is interesting. I'm going to stick around just for that story there. Uh, let's hit the phones. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I believe we have Sandy on line one. Hi, Sandy. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thanks. I'm I'm the grandmother of this puppy, and I have the dog sit for two weeks, so I need some help. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a a two and a half year old lab mix. I think he's lab and some pit. He looks an awful lot just like a lab. Was it was a pound puppy. Great, wonderful dog, but he has this habit of running outside and running to a particular tree in the backyard and eating all the bark off of it as high as he can reach. And it is very much, we think, an attention-getting behavior, but it's just immediate and... They've just purchased a new home, and he's already got one tree in the backyard destroyed, and then in a rental house where they were before. He did the very same thing. So he just takes the biggest tree, and he runs to it, and he reaches up and just starts gnawing on the tree. That is crazy. I can I can just kind of picture one of my dear Labradors doing that same thing. Oh, well, have you got any suggestions? Yeah, I sure do. And they're not going to be easy fixes. That's the thing I'll, I'll start with, is that it certainly very well could be that this is an attention-seeking behavior, especially if, you know, when you notice it, the arms go up and you go, Hey, what are you doing? Stop it! That because does that, happen, and he wants to make sure you've seen him do it, because because he'll turn around and look and make sure somebody's looking. Oh, sure. It's a game, then. That's That can be at least part of his trigger for that. And that's hard, because we don't want him to do that. We would. The instinct is to correct them when they do this. Um, but the real, the root of the problem is, is that we got to get back to the square one. One is we have to decrease his access to this tree or to any favored tree that he might do this to. And the other thing is we've got to get his activity level up. We've got to get him tired. We've got to get him mentally stimulated. Dogs who do this type of behavior, whether it's chewing a tree or chewing your baseboard, your drywall, they are bored. And as much as we would like to think that we are the end and the be-all of their world, they can do so much more. And that may be things like sporting events, get them out running, get on a bicycle, have them follow along with you. We've got to get this guy tired. Um, A sleepy or tired dog will be less apt to be destructive and to have these kind of behaviors. So that's definitely one of the biggest things. Okay. 
decreasing the opportunity is going to be a couple different ways that we can do that. If he's going outdoors to do his business, we can do that by Instead of letting him have free reign, take him out on leash. Take him out and actually supervise his activities outside. If he's left to his own devices, that's our mistake. That's not his mistake. So then we have to take back that access and control. Now, if that's not possible all the time, there may be ways to do fencing or even invisible fencing, which can be very helpful, especially people in rural areas where it's very hard to kind of keep a dog from accessing certain areas. You're thinking maybe putting putting a fencing around the tree or something just so he can't get at it? That's one thing. The other would be to, the, to use invisible, invisible fencing, which is basically it's a it's a whole kind of apparatus you can have installed where if there's an area, a zone in the yard where you don't want a dog to go, and sometimes we use this for fence jumpers, so you put the invisible fence line up in front of the fence or the wall so that the dog doesn't get clear close to that. And then when they get close, they get an audio stimulation. If they don't, then they can get a zap. Um, and it's not for every situation, but for dogs that we just have no other way to control their access, um, then we can move to this. But my first choice is always just to go with the human control. And it's not a replacement for us being lazy. Um, we should really take control of the dog first and foremost and control their comings and goings. Right. And then the other thing is that we want to definitely give a lot of opportunity for the oral outlet, for that chewing need. We can't do it by itself, but add that into this whole mix of things so we offer food that he has to kind of work for. Those little busy cubes where you can hide dog food in them or treats and make him work for his food so that he's not working to chew on some other inanimate object. Um, Many people will also kind of put the food in the yard and separate the feeding several times a day and kind of let them kind of work for their food in that way. So uh, you got a lot of work here. That's the challenge with it. The really big point is that there's no easy way out and it's got to be a concerted effort with everyone in the house to make sure we're supervising this young buck. <laughs> We're all with you, Sandy. Thank you for your call today at one 405 8405 This is Animal Radio. When it comes to controlling cat box odor, there's no such thing as good enough. Buy the best or smell the rest. In other words, get World's Best Cat Litter with patented formulas made from whole kernel corn. World's Best Cat Litter is 100% natural and scientifically proven to deliver unsurpassed odor control, compact clumping, and longer lasting use. See what a difference just one bag makes. And for a limited time, save big when you buy. To download a coupon, go to worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio. Okay, time to check out that website I heard about. www.safeguardfordogs.com There it is. Hi, I'm Don. The virtual host is a nice touch. It looks like these links and videos cover everything a dog owner might want to know about intestinal worm infections and how to prevent them. Here's a savings coupon for Safeguard K90 Wormers and even an online reminder service. Better bookmark this one. www.safeguardfordogs.com When I went looking for a quality allergen-free dog food for Roscoe, a friend told me about canine caviar. Being a born skeptic, I examined every ingredient and most importantly, made sure it drove our dog's taste buds crazy. Here's the lowdown. Canine caviar is holistic, allergen-free, with raw dehydrated meats, herbs, fish oil, and flaxseed for health and joint support. Good food for Roscoe from a company I can trust. Ask your pet store for canine caviar. Learn more at caninecaviar.com. It's another new year, and your debt is higher than ever. Credit card balances that keep growing. That's the bad news. 
but you can work through your debt problems with help from Credit Card Relief. No, we're not a consolidation loan, not another one of those credit counseling deals, and not bankruptcy. We've been helping people just like you for nearly a decade. Call Credit Card Relief right now. The consultation is free, and the relief is real. Call 866-800-5252. That's Credit Card Relief, 866-800-5252. 866-800-5252. Hey, this is Brian Dottillo. I play Lucas Roberts on Days of Our Lives, and you're listening to Animal Radio. And please don't forget to have your pets spayed or neutered. That's my favorite saying from Bob Barker, by the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. The emails continue to come in. Those of you asking to put up a webcam in the studio, particularly in Bobby's booth, which is separate. From <laughs> Why the, is that? Because <laughs> she does such interesting things. She has the blue lava lamp. Everything's blue in there. And uh, she she just finally took down her Christmas tree, by the way. Let's, let's put up a webcam and not tell her. Oh, there's an idea. Ooh. She's often provocatively dressed. Because <laughs> now you're definitely going to have people call in and email. <laughs> she knows this is radio, and she treats it that way. And she's in her booth right, like right now. She can't hear us because she has the doors closed and her headphones off, and she's tweeting. She she wears a beeper, uh-huh. which I thought was really out. It's archaic. Yeah, who wears beepers? But she also she has a lot of blueberries. Blueberry is it blueberries? Blueberry blackberries. Blackberries. Yeah. She's tube internetting it and you facing it and tweeting and all of that. She's our social networking butterfly here at Animal Radio, and she's working on a story about a hoarder. Now this is interesting. There's a guy in Michigan who's apparently has a single count of cruelty to 10 or more animals mm. uh, what they're trying to indict him for mm-hmm. uh, ten, you know you think of hoarders you think of hundreds hundreds of animals maybe yeah. 20 30 animals yeah i guess but uh, 10 doesn't seem like a lot of animals and we're pretty close to that limit here so here's where i got to understand hoarding really has nothing to do with how many animals you have it's how many you are able to take care of is that correct Oh yeah, yeah. It's and that's why nobody wants to put a number on it because you know if you had dogs and you couldn't manage six, seven, eight, ten dogs, that could be a sense of hoarding. If you had something like a small little critter like a rat and you had five hundred of them, that could be another situation. So and, and, and definitely hoarders are good people, but they're misguided and they do have uh. some problems. And uh, it's actually a bigger problem than I think a lot of people want to recognize in, in the vet world and in the animal uh, welfare world, but they believe up to a quarter million animals are victims of hoarding oh, of every bad. year. And these people think that they're the only the ones. ones that can take care of this animal and uh, treat it and love it. And like often in case be. they can't take care of No, because they have too many. Nobody can do that. So theoretically, you can be a hoarder if you have two animals and you're unable to take care of two animals. Is that is that what we're saying here? It, it's possible, yeah. um, but it really means that your um, attention and your resources are just too stretched uh, for what you can provide. So typically, it's more typical with uh, large numbers of critters. Um, and uh, I believe in that story, there was actually some deceased pets in the large numbers is yeah, what that was all about. Okay. Well, we'll find out more with uh, Bobby in just a few minutes. one 405 8405 to connect with any one of us here. I see that she's also working on a story out of the U.K., British researchers 
have uh, discovered that cat owners are smarter than dog owners. Really? Although, although they feel it may be because cats require less time per day than dogs. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, their owners are able to uh, read and go to work and be smarter. Mm, so they're gone more. They're out of the home doing their intellectual so, things. So, so tending to in a the dog makes you dumber yeah. is, is what, what we're saying here. Is that what research is? I'm so confused. Bobby will tell us She'll about this it. in just a few minutes. I'm very excited. Oh, it says dog owners need not feel dumbed down. Another study showed that dogs themselves were smarter than cats. Uh, see, I disagree. I think cats are very smart and they just... They're too smart to do the things we ask them. So. Oh, they're just just—they're being disobedient on purpose, is yes, what you're saying. Yes, they know what they're doing. I just don't think they like to please us as much as dogs yes. do. I get that. Just, dogs want to be That's why I'm loyal. a dog person. Yeah, because they, they want to do everything to please you, don't they? A recall, another recall. Oh, uh, gosh. Bad news about this. The Nature's Variety Chicken Formula Raw Frozen Diet. Uh, best if used by date 11-10-10. Looks like more salmonella. Boy, this seems to be once a week we get a, one mm-hmm. of these recalls. And this came to us directly from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. And uh, you can find out more details about it. If you have the Nature's Variety of Food with the best of use by date 111010, uh, please check out the website. More information about what you should do with that food. guess I'd be throwing it away. Yes, get rid of it. But you might want to get your money back, Yeah, I don't too. know if you can get your money back. Yeah, but uh, all know. the details at the website and more information about the recall coming up right here on Animal Radio. Hi, Laura. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Where are you today? Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Where am I? Yes. I'm in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Hey, that's a very beautiful, good scheme, I bet. Do you ski? Uh, I'm a horse person. You're a horse, so you like the summer. You can there. still ski, though. That's still allowed. I <laughs> I won't tell you what my last name is. No, I do not ski. Okay, well, it are you... It wouldn't be good advertising. Are, are your horses okay? They're great. Okay, so you you must have a dog. I have a dog question. Okay. Okay. For Dr. Debbie. Um, several months ago, I happened to hear uh, one or two sentences as I was getting back into my car, because I listened to you religiously on Saturdays. And, uh, well, thank you. I heard one or two... Yes, I heard one or two sentences of someone describing symptoms that my 14-year-old blue healer had, and it just all of a sudden dawned on me. We had been watching her kind of go downhill, not rapidly, but um, since she's been about 12, and the vet had looked at her, and we'd done some um, x-rays on her belly, and she had some motility issues, but she was getting real pot-bellied, and... um, he just really sort of prepared me that she probably had cancer and was going to die within by that winter, which was several mm-hmm. several years ago now. She's now 14. She didn't die. And I heard this call that you had, and it, the description that they were giving sounded exactly like my dog, and it she has Cushing's disease. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And we've been dealing with that, not because, not with any medications. I've confirmed it with the doctor in that, you know, he was the one who diagnosed her earlier and thought she was probably having some kind of a cancer issue. Mm -hmm. And he knows the dog well and and, uh, said, yeah, it's probably that since it's gone on and on. She's had the other symptoms. She's had hair loss and hair that won't grow back. Um, okay. She's had all of the classic water drinking, all those things. 
because I began to study a little bit about it. But now she has begun to drastically lose weight, and her diet has not changed. Nothing has changed. I haven't changed her food. As a matter of fact, I have added um, canned dog food to her um, food okay. and uh, to increase to try to help her to keep from losing weight. And I'm wondering if that is a progression of this disease, which I couldn't find anything saying that it was. She's also lost muscle mass, getting very weak, and I don't know whether she's just aging or whether this is a progression of that disease and there's anything I can do for her. Okay. So I wanted just to double check. You said your vet confirmed the diagnosis, but did did we do any actual testing or was it just we, based we off of not, more? No, we did not do testing. I mean, she is... Um, that was just about three months ago, and she is an aging dog. So he did. We did talk about doing testing, only that sometimes it's it's a hard disease to treat. And uh, she was doing well enough, just maintaining okay. every everything um, for for an old dog. Okay. And uh, so that's where we left it. All righty. So um, just for review's sake, um, for Cushing's disease, this is a disease that affects a dog's ability to produce cortisone in normal amounts. And dogs with Cushing's produce too much of the body's cortisone, and it causes a lot of side effects with drinking a lot, peeing a lot, panting. Uh, we can see weight gain into a potbelly appearance, hair loss, which is kind of smooth and symmetrical over the body. They can have some muscle weakness associated with it. Um, and I'd have to say, in your situation, Laura, I'm a little concerned that this doesn't sound like straightforward Cushing's. Really? Some of the concerns here would be that Cushing's patients don't usually lose weight. The right. situations where they would lose weight are very rare, and those are usually ones that have more of an actual tumor that's progressing in the brain, in the pituitary gland. They can tend to have some other neurologic problems, but the average dog with Cushing's disease gains weight. They don't lose it. So right. the, I'm, I guess, you know, as long as the signs sound like Cushing's, yeah, it could be. Cushing's disease is the great impersonator of endocrine diseases in dogs so it sounds like yeah it could be that but we also would say liver disease cancers uh other types of hormone problems can still cause these same signs so i know she's an old gal but i'd say it might be worthwhile to do a little bit of some looking at least at some baseline blood work and then see but yes you're right that it is a hard diagnosis because it does take a lot of more detailed or advanced uh, test for Cushing's disease. And, uh, you know, there is some treatment out there that isn't all that hard on dogs. And um, in the old days, we used to treat with a drug called Lysadrin, and that's all we had in our arsenal. Um, but there is a, a drug that's newer, and it's called Trilistine. It's generally well-tolerated. Um, and knock on wood, I have not had dogs that have had really bad reactions with it. It's much more well-tolerated, and it gives great effects. So um, okay. I, I would say, you know, I know she's in her golden years, but um, this definitely doesn't sound like something I would just kind of dismiss as our typical Cushing's um, situation. Well, that's what I was thinking, because it, it all of a sudden, I mean, it's just been with over within the last, two or three months she's just begun to lose weight where she lost that she looked like a little pot belly pig <laughs> yep. you know before yep. she and and the the x-rays did show motility issues this was about three years ago when she started showing some signs of this although we mm -hmm. didn't call it cushing's and we didn't we didn't know what to call it we did and we still don't really we saw no tumors or anything like that and she mm -hmm. had been following a 
a bale wagon. Um, so we, we thought she had just eaten too many mice. But that kind of started a spiral for her, and, and, and changes began then. Okay. Well, okay. you need to get to the vet and get some baseline uh, blood work done, it sounds okay. like. All I right. appreciate your call today, and thank you for listening to Animal Radio. one 405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team here, Dr. Debbie, Vlade. Whoa, Vlade. I'm sorry, you see. <laughs> I'm missing him a little bit. I, yes, I admitted so. that. A, a, a little, Freudian You're nostalgic. Joey, Joey, dog father Joey Villani will be joining us next week. He was supposed to be here this week, and he uh, he got caught up in weather, a lot of weather going on uh, in the coast. Animal communicator Joey Turner is here, as well as uh, Bobby working on news. And I saw that you have Susan Boyle news. We do. And if you're a, a fan of American Idol or Britain's Got Talent, you know who she is. If you've been anywhere near YouTube in the last six months or year, you know who she sure. is. Yeah. She have animals? She's made. She has a very, very precious cat, and she turned down a multi-million dollar California mansion in favor of the cat. I'll tell you why wow. coming up. Ooh, all the details in the news. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. I'm Victoria Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter made from whole kernel corn. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. A Michigan man with a history of hoarding dogs has been sentenced to five years probation in a mental health program. The judge also ordered Kenneth Lang Jr. not to own animals told the judge he knew he had too many animals, but he loved them like they were his children. The sentence, all part of a guilty plea, entered by Lang to a single count of cruelty to ten or more animals. Investigators found hundreds of chihuahuas in Lang's home, some of them dead in freezers. And the Winter Olympics downhill course in Whistler, British Columbia, had to issue a Beware of links announcement at the start of the competition. A very large lynx was spotted wandering across the course during afternoon training sessions on at least two occasions. Organizers had already issued a delay in the downhill uh, run due to dense fog, but they decided they'd better issue a lynx warning as well over the race radio. The lynx was last seen hopping over the barriers of the course, (laughs) heading back into the forest. And leave it to the Swiss to bring an initiative to the ballot that would provide legal counsel to animals. Swiss voters will go to the polls next month to decide if human lawyers should be appointed to represent pets or farm animals in cases of alleged abuse. Switzerland's animal rights activists collected 144,000 signatures to put the measure on the country's March ballot. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter, with a tip for traveling with your cat. Be sure your cat's identification is firmly attached. Make sure vaccinations are up to date and medications are packed. Don't forget to bring your cat's medical records, particularly if you're crossing state lines. Get more tips from Dr. McPete at www.worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio. This portion of Animal Radio brought to you by Herb Springer's Quick Release Dog Training Collar. Very humane, very gentle. Find a store near you at AnimalRadio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And the whole gang's here. Bobby working on a hoarding story. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. How many animals makes you a hoarder? 
in this particular case. I, you know, I think anything uh, more than what you can care for sure. and keep healthy and safe, and because that would vary if you're out in a rural setting versus, you know, the middle of New York City. Remember the guy with the full-grown Bengal tiger in his apartment. Yeah, mm. yeah. which was, one was too yeah. much for him. Well, yeah. Don't in that you think? case, yeah. So, yeah. In this case, uh, I believe it was ten. In the news story you're working on, yeah, state and and again, it's it's different state to state. State of Michigan says ten or more. So it's really not how many animals you have; it's how many you can care for. Because we're near that exactly. ten. Because I didn't want to point that out, Hal. <laughs> that ha- had you been in Michigan, you might have been talking to the judge. Yeah. <laughs> Except all your animals are help- healthy and happy, and they have plenty of room. So yes. There's the contrast. If you have a service animal, an assistant, therapy dog, and there's differences between all of them, and we'll find out what they are in just a second, because I don't proclaim to know the difference. There's a great new book out, and it's called Healing Companions. It's written by Jane Miller. Hi, Jane. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, great book. Now tell me the difference between a service dog, a therapy dog, and then there's, uh, of course, there's guide dogs. I believe those are for the blind. And then there's assistance dogs. A lot of different kind of dogs here. Yeah, there are. Uh, let's first start with therapy dogs. Therapy dogs, traditionally, we are very familiar with. They visit nursing homes, schools. Uh, they do reading programs in the library. These dogs are not specifically working for you. They are working for the people that they go visit. These are dogs that really are providing sometimes physical therapy assistance, sometimes occupational therapy assistance, sometimes just like my two dogs going to work with me. Moving on to service dogs, my book is specifically about psychiatric service dogs. Yes. And they are dogs that are trained specifically to mitigate the effects of my client's disabilities based on mental illnesses. And what kind of mental illnesses are these? Well, they, it really, it's based on the American Disabilities Act. One has to be severely limited in their ability to function due to their mental illness. And that, this can be uh, bipolar. We're seeing more and more folks with post-traumatic stress disorder, especially coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan that are benefiting from psychiatric service dogs. This can be major depression, agoraphobia, eating disorders. So How can really a dog help someone with a um, eating disorder? Good question. Um, depending on the eating disorder, um, one of the things that uh, dogs are so good at is they're very attuned to our emotions. And most people that have uh, an eating disorder regarding overeating, they eat when they are stressed and or angry and or upset and frequently don't sit at the table, but they find themselves pacing and or moving while they're eating. And the dog recognizes this and will... Uh, lead them to a different room and have them sit down and nudge them to stop eating. We'll, put, we'll really lead them away from the, the table or from the kitchen. Frequently, the dogs I've trained to prevent people from even opening the refrigerator. I uh, need we, one of those. Can you get one then, that, will tra- that will keep Girl Scouts away from your door? Yes. <laughs> they want, they In a nice way. I, <laughs> well, and, and with anorexia, Due to the fact that animals really need routine, when people have a dog, they have to feed the dog. And what I have found is so often, basically, when they have to feed their dog and take care of this living creature, they see that they have to take care of themselves. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, it's a win-win situation because the dog needs to get up in the morning, go out, 
and this gets you, the, the individual, to get up and go out. And then you feed the dog, so you might feed, you will hopefully feed yourself. And you also now have an animal depending upon you. So you're much more likely to see that I need to take care of myself. I need to be strong enough to walk my dog and be able to take care of this. Creature. Isn't just any dog, though, really a psychiatric service dog, though? I mean, I get all these wonderful <clears throat> feelings of taking care of this dog and taking care of myself, uh, the one that I have. Uh, and she's not trained for anything, but mm-hmm. essentially doing the same thing. Well, no, they're not essentially doing the same thing. My The dogs are trained specifically to mitigate the effects of the individual's disability. What does this mean? So for uh, someone who has severe PTSD, one of the symptoms that they frequently have is called hypervigilance. What does that mean? That means that they feel uh, overwhelmed when people come too close to them and feel suffocated by the presence of crowds of people. So the dogs are trained when they are out in the grocery store or out and about. They, They have cued them to watch their back so the dog will block people from getting too close to Uh them so these dogs are trained to do things like nightmares a lot of folks that have ptsd come back from iraq and afghanistan with horrible nightmares that they're reliving being in combat and the dogs are trained not only to wake them up but to lead them out of bed into the living room, hand them the remote control, have them turn on the TV, and the dog sits there watching them watch TV until the, the nightmare is no longer affecting them, and then we'll, we'll lead them back into bed. Wow. So, this is amazing. Yeah. What, what, I mean, what kind of privileges would I get with a service dog? Could I take a PSD, psychiatric service dog, into a restaurant with me? I know that if you have a guide service dog, and most states are legal. Yeah, legally, says. It's, it's based on the American Disabilities Act, so it's, it's a federal law. It's everywhere. Right. All service dogs are allowed... If you qualify as disabled and you have a service dog, you are allowed to go to restaurants, grocery stores, to work. My clients, their dogs are, are working with them just like a guide dog, just like a dog that helps someone who with mobility impairment, just like a, a dog that's there for seizure alert, for, you know, all of these different things. Uh, these, it's the same thing. These are service dogs. These are your working dog. Just like you wouldn't go out, if, you're, if you need a wheelchair, you don't go out without your wheelchair. You need your dog. You don't go out without your dog. Your dog makes it possible for you to be able to navigate through your life and through your days. Do they have to get some kind of certification or credit? 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 You know? Accreditation. There are no. There are no certifications or accreditation bodies. There are programs that do train these dogs. And there are also owner-trained. So the two veterans in my book in Chapter 3 got their dogs through two programs. One was Needs, and the other one was Puppies Behind Bars. And those programs provide uh, service, psychiatric service dogs for the veterans that are coming back. Um, I train these dogs myself for my clients, and we work together training the dogs. The dogs go through extensive training. First, you do the basic training like a guide dog would go through, the basic obedience training. All the dogs I recommend passing the canine good citizen test. And then we do what uh, is called a public access test that is on the Assistance Dog International website um, so that they go through a very rigorous training program and process. 
And the last part of the, the training is not just public access, but then the tasks training, like I described with waking you up from a nightmare. This is very intriguing. I wish we had more time. Healing Companions, Ordinary Dogs, and Their Extraordinary Power to Transform Lives. I have 10 copies to give away at one 405 8405 It's on the new page books label. Uh, you can head on over to healing-companions.com to learn more. And, of course, we linked everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Jane, thank you so much for joining us today. Jane Miller. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A woman says her two-year-old golden retriever saved her life by giving her a doggy version of the Heimlich Maneuver. 45-year-old Debbie Parkers was home with her two dogs when she suddenly choked on a chunk of apple she was eating. She unsuccessfully tried performing the Heimlich on herself, but the apple was still firmly stuck in her windpipe. She tried beating her chest, and before she knew it, Toby, her golden retriever, jumped up, putting his front feet on her shoulders, and knocked her to the ground. Toby then began jumping up and down on her chest until the apple came out. A friend arrived and drove Debbie to the hospital. She says she still has some bruise marks from Toby's doggy Heimlich, but she'll be okay. While some skeptics doubt Toby knew what he was doing, and others think that maybe Toby just wanted a piece of apple, Debbie believes the golden retriever she and her husband rescued from a dumpster knew exactly what he was doing. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. When I went looking for a quality, allergen-free dog food for Roscoe, a friend told me about canine caviar. Being a born skeptic, I examined every ingredient and, most importantly, made sure it drove our dog's taste buds crazy. Here's the lowdown. Canine caviar is holistic, allergen-free, with raw dehydrated meats, herbs, fish oil, and flaxseed for health and joint support. Good food for Roscoe from a company I can trust. Ask your pet store for canine caviar. Learn more at caninecaviar.com. Fido-Friendly is the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel and destination reviews, health and wellness topics, dog training advice, and the latest fashion trends. You can find Fido-Friendly magazine at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, and Petco, or simply go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Fido-Friendly is the only magazine dedicated to the travel and lifestyle of man's best friend and the only magazine your dog will thank you for. Why read a newspaper in the age of the Internet? Because you take the time to think things through, like your love of animals. You want to know where your voice and donations can be most effective. Animal People is the newspaper for people who care enough about animals to give real thought to how best to help animals. Request your free sample copy at www.animalpeoplenews.org. When it comes to controlling cat box odor, there's no such thing as good enough. Buy the best or smell the rest. In other words, get World's Best Cat Litter with patented formulas made from whole kernel corn. World's Best Cat Litter is 100% natural and scientifically proven to deliver unsurpassed odor control, compact clumping, and longer-lasting use. See what a difference just one bag makes. And for a limited time, save big when you buy. To download a coupon, go to worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Celebrating 
Our connection with our pets, it's Animal Radio. The whole gang is here. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions and your behavior questions. Animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, Bobby working on news, Britt uh, over there in the corner. What is she, she doing? She just sits there. And, and <laughs> like the way you say that over there in the corner. Well, she's yeah, facing the dog. corner like she's been punished or something. Dog father Joey Villani will be joining us next week. I know I said that last yes. week. Yes. The rain has slowed him down. Oh, okay. Now, Bobby, you worked on a story last week about uh, a guy cuddling chickens in the subway. And I actually... Well, th- there was this yeah. video. <laughs> Did you see the video? <laughs> yes. Yes, it's a little odd. Did you think it was odd? Although, I, yeah, I, I, who am I to judge... Little. He, he he was being a little trippy there on the subway, rolling around in the aisle and, and hugging the chicken and mm-hmm. lifting it up. But he was and, arrested you know. for that. Well, not arrested. He, he they're investigating the transit. The transit cops Authority, yeah. are are taking a look to see who this dude is. <laughs> He looked like maybe he had one too many ecstasy pills and a chicken, and that's really all. <laughs> you think? <laughs> if you want Al, to see, you sound like you're speaking from I experience. I never have, never in my life. Let me tell you, I'm too old for ecstasy. In my day, uh, there was no such thing as ecstasy. If you want to see pictures of this chicken cuddler, and you tell Your me what day, you there think, there was no such thing as fire. Oh, sorry. <laughs> or the wheel. Yeah, or the wheel. Uh, we have the video over at animalradio.com. You can check it out there. You're also working on a story about uh, tweeting. Mm-hmm. Puppy tweeting. Hal, who cannot even... Ready? Hal, yes. who still has not mastered the 142-character tweet. You know what? You know, I didn't think the internet would catch, catch on. I, I admit I was wrong yeah. there. But it's this silly you. Twitter thing is going to go <laughs> bye-bye very soon. I give it another year or so. Yeah, right. Well, that's why Mattel is hitting the market with something that's going to help your dog tweet. I'm not kidding. Uh. I'll tell you about it coming up in the news. Okay. Here's what cracks me up from the L.A. Times. There is a, um, a, a group that has come out with a, a design packaging. They're the Center for Biological Diversity in Tucson, and in order to protect endangered species, they have now festively decorated condoms with <laughs> artwork that calls the attention to the impact of human pop- overpopulation on endangered species. And oh. I think it's just a fine, fine way of... Sort of killing two birds with one stone, one having safe sex and the other is, is sur- helping the endangered species survive. But it's really cool. They have the spotted owl on there. There's, there's a, now, there's does a it benefit there's a big any leopard. of these environmental organizations? It, when you if to it? call attention, let me see if it, the, I mean, it's the Center really for Biological Diversity. That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'm, you have to, Hal, don't you go to that special aisle in the store? <laughs> You know, the one that makes you giggle like that. That's the one. Clean up aisle and three. This is an, they're an Arizona environmental group, so I don't know if they're everywhere. They're being distributed in, not surprise here, bars. Oh. <laughs> Some other parties and other. But you can get them in supermarkets, apparently, in Arizona. So if our Arizona listeners wouldn't mind picking up a package and sending it to us, yeah, I'd how like will reimburse you? Well, that Animal Radio cool, Animal guys. Radio will reimburse yeah. you, yeah. of course. We'd like to see some of those. And Hal will take them. They're very pretty. <laughs> I'm looking at the at the pictures. It's That's my input for the day. Say, is that the endangered iguana? or? Uh, I'm just, are you just snake. happy to see yeah. me? Hal. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is Animal Radio, baby. Now, when uh, Joey comes-
comes in the studio, will I have to bow down or anything like that? Will I have to kiss his ring? I mean, <laughs> I just, he is the dog father. He after is the all. dog father. Yes. You don't want to piss him off. The mine. Yes. Joey Volani joining us next week as part of the Animal Radio Zoo crew, working his way across the country right now. He's supposed to be here this week, but the uh, rain and snow across the country delayed him. And then, of course, finding an apartment out here is, isn't easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not true. It's really easy. one 405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Uh, you be, got it. Yeah. Animal communicator Joy Turner. Susan Sims. Uh, Bobby working on news about... Uh, Dog tweets? Puppy no, tweets? Is this true? Give me a oh my break. gosh. I should pre read these things before they're put in front of my face. Apparently, your dog can now tweet you one of 500 tweets. Uh, I won't tell you the whole news story, otherwise, Bobby will get ticked off. She hates it. I don't want to know what my dog's thinking. I think I might be really afraid of that. You <laughs> yeah, should be. Yeah, yeah, I know I would be. Uh, let's see. Oh, this portion of Animal Radio. Brought to you by Stella and Chewy's. We get a lot of phone calls here. People say, what kind of food do you feed mm-hmm. your animals? I mean, we hear about all these different foods and all these different commercials, but what do you guys feed your animals? And we feed Stella and Chewy's to Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog. She loves it, and she's a picky little diva. Natural goodness for dogs made with raw USDA-inspected meat, raised naturally with no added hormones or antibiotics. Get the official food of Animal Radio. At StellaAndChewies.com. Now, you can also get a free sample of this if you want to try it out. I think you should try your food out. Personally, even. (laughs) If you'd like a special treat for them to try out, send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. That's hard to say. And all the information over at AnimalRadio.com. It's StellaAndChewies.com, 888-477-8977. Pick it up. Stella and Chewies. Thanks, guys, for being a sponsor. We receive your email here at yourvoice at animalradio.com. A lot of people don't want to be on the radio. Yeah. They just want to get their questions. And I understand that. If I could phone the show in, if I could email the show in, I would I would probably even do that. Uh, Everyone moves to the electronic age now anyways. It's, you know, sometimes it's of the essence, it's timely, it's just convenient for many people. So, yeah, we get a lot of calls, or a lot of emails. And Carrie wrote us one at yourvoiceanimalradio.com. She says she has a 10-year-old giant schnauzer with severe allergies. Wow. That's a, that's a big dog. It just sounds big. Giant schnauzer just uh, sounds big. You don't big. see too many of those. And no, but you know what? They they remind me so much of Bouviers as far as in their body type. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. we see a lot of Bouviers in my clinic. <laughs> she says, uh, I've managed to get his food allergies under control through a, a special diet. But since I restricted his diet, he now has a, a lot of dander and dry skin. Uh, with his food allergies, I'm afraid of trying supplements. Is there any shampoo or other product that might solve the problem? We hear this a lot here mm-hmm. at Animal Radio. Mm-hmm. What do you think, problem. Doc? Well, you know, I mean, there certainly are some shampoos that are kind of calm, that are non-medicated, but that are good for dry skin. And those tend to be those that are uh, colloidal oatmeal in nature. And those can be shampoos and they can be cream rinses. And in some cases, we'll even look for a conditioner that has a humectant, which it kind of helps to keep the moisture humectant. It helps to keep the humidity like in the skin, the moisture in the skin. And there's some different sprays that have that um, different ones. I know in my office we use some that are uh, Dermapet in origin. That's just one of the brands. Um, But those can be helpful. But you know what? In many cases, when we have dry skin, I prefer to get to the source of it. And I a supplement is often a very good thing. And in a pet with food allergies, you know, we're sometimes a little cautious about that. But Fish oils, the omega fatty acids, can be very useful. 
Some are actually fish-based, and you can even find some that are algae-based if you try to avoid um, fish products. Mm. Um, so those are very good for skin, and I like them to supplement. If you're adding it into a pet with a food trial or food allergy, you know, you might have to be a little cautious just to watch for a worsening of signs. But, you know, I like to go to the source, go into that skin, because the skin's a protective layer. It's, it's a pretty tough booger to try to get through with all those ointments and lotions and creams and shampoos. You're always talking about Dermapet. Dermapet's a, a, a veterinary line, and uh, they just have some really wonderful, great mm. natural products that have good aromas. Um, I'm just I'm addicted to their ear cleaner <laughs> that they have. It's really got a nice <laughs> apple smell. So wow. in my office, it's just kind of we like to clean anything with it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a brand that um, that I've had some good success with, and there's a lot of other ones out there as well that uh, that work just lovely. You can ask your vet about that. We love your emails. Your voice at animalradio.com, or if you want to ask the doctor. Right now, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hey, it's Vinny Penn, your party animal on Animal Radio. Uh, I want to send this one out to a buddy of mine who is constantly attacking my my Facebook status updates about my children, and when he calls me, and I have one of my kids doing my outgoing message, sounding more adorable than ever. You've reached Vinny. He's not here right now. When this friend of mine hears it, he's like, that is so ridiculous, having your kid. That's so corny. He he doesn't have children. He He's never wanted children. That's fine. But he is the most over-the-top dog lover. He has three dogs. Uh, when one of his beloved dogs passed away the, uh, last year or so, a dog was... 18 years old, I believe. He wept and wept, and, and rightfully so, 18 years with the dog. Uh, and, and he's a writer, as well, like I like to consider myself to be, and he wrote this incredibly touching ode to the loss of his dog. This past September, my daughter started first grade, and uh, I didn't even try to approach the same uh, degree of sentimentality, of course, but I was still sentimental enough to say... Uh, I remember holding a baby in my arms, and I saw a six-year-old walk out the door today and uh, had to wipe a tear from my... And he attacked me. That is so corny. What is wrong with you? What a weepy cry, baby. Uh, what, I, what, how can you love a dog the way you do, and yet not a little a small child? Who are you? W.C. Fields? I don't, I don't even understand... What kind of, I think there's he has a split personality. I, I I don't know I don't know what it is. I honestly think he would like my kids more. Uh, like when he met them, I'm like, you know, say hello, this is my daughter Stella, this is my son Luke, and he went, Hi. He's about fifty years old, he's very grumpy. I really think he would have liked it better if I said, uh, these are my kids, this is Rover and this is Marley. And he would have been like, hello, he would have touched the tops of their mess tussled their hair. Hello, Rover. Hello, Marley. Vinny Pad, party animal on Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio Network. It's Animal Radio, one 405 8405 We're all here. This segment of 
Animal Radio brought to you by Blue Buffalo, makers of healthy and holistic natural food for dogs and cats. You love them like family, so feed them like family with Blue. Just a few minutes ago, we were talking about, you were talking about an electric fence to use to keep a, a dog away from a tree, an over-obsessive dog. And this electric fence, you mentioned that there's an audio signal before they get an electric zap. I was unaware of that. Yeah, and actually a lot of those training tools, everyone thinks that it's all about, you know, the pain and like the bad stuff. Yeah. But most of the dogs, the way that they learn from these things is that there's an audio cue and then there's a negative stimulus after this. So in many cases, some dogs, once or twice, they get the idea. And once uh-huh. they hear that audio cue, they know, oh, okay, I'm not going to go there because I know something bad's going to happen. And, those and that's audio really how they work. what, out of, our, out of our hearing range? Is that why we don't hear them? Or sometimes. Uh, other times there's actually, you know, it's just if you listen closely enough um, that you can hear it. Oh. But there's usually a collar or something that goes along with that so that it's right with the pet on them. So, oh, I didn't know you know, that. It's a, it can be a humane way. Now, But again, I know dogs that jump through that and or jump a fence and if they have have the invisible fence, and they just really, it won't do anything for some that it just have strong <laughs> motivation to get uh, on the other side. <laughs> I know that uh, Dave, one of our sales guys here at Animal Radio, he put up an electric fence, and there was one little gap in it, and his dog found that gap. <laughs> Must have worked his way all the way around. All the way around <laughs> the yard, yeah. find that gap there in the electric fence. one 405 to talk to anyone here. We were talking about separation anxiety a few minutes ago and, and how to deal with that, a very common problem for dogs. Are medicines applicable in any of these situations, Doc? You know, yeah, they sure they certainly can be. And, you know, we try to focus on the behavioral training because that's really the root of the problem. But, yes, in many cases we'll use anti-anxiety medicines. Uh, there's medicines such as clomipramine, Prozac. Um, there's a lot out there, but um, they can have their use. So dogs that just behavior training doesn't do enough, um, we'll use that along with that. And it can really make a difference and kind of help them cope as we're trying to get them through these anxieties about the human departures. Are there any side effects? with those drugs? There can be, so we definitely want to make sure our pet's in good health, uh, good cardiovascular health, and that there's not anything else medically that's going on, because in some cases, there are, can be medical problems that cause a pet to act anxious or to chew inappropriately. So, you know, we'd want to make sure that a veterinarian really does a thorough exam and maybe even some lab work just to make sure everything's all in place there first. A lot of us two-legged characters actually cue our animals when we leave. We don't know that we're doing it, but we set them up for separation anxiety. We'll go up to them before we leave and we say, we're going to miss we'll you, right we'll back. be right back. And then when we come home, we go right to them. Oh, mommy's home. I missed you. I missed my puppy. This is you a bad it. behavior. If your dog has separation anxiety, perhaps this is the problem. You should walk out of that house when you go somewhere, just like you're well, you should ignore going into the like, kitchen. Ignore, ignore him. him about 15 minutes before you leave. And, and then, then 15 minutes when you get back. 15, huh? Exactly. Well, that and there's a whole strategy of changing your cues. So you kind of have to pretend you're not leaving and do it repeatedly hundreds of times. <laughs> so you pick up your jacket, put your purse over your shoulder, and then you go sit down on the couch. And you ah. practice that. So you, you kind of have to desensitize them to the idea of the door, or the purse, or the, the shoes, shoes, or the coat. you got to outsmart that dog or cat that you have because they're Good much luck. smarter than yeah. we are. I'll tell you that right now. Animal communicator Joy Turner. Hi, Joy. How are you doing today? I am just pretty marvelous. Susan, oh, splendid. Thank you. Susan Sims is on her way into the studio. Bobby working on news. And she yeah. gave me this release this week. Now, is this true? Cat owners are smarter? No, I made it up just to mess with you, Hal. <laughs> yes, it's true. Jeez. United Kingdom's University of Bristol has found out that, in fact, cat owners are more likely to be college graduates and higher educated than dog owners. There's a reason for that. 
they think. You think? Yeah. Well, cats require less time per day than dogs. So there you go. Educated people that work late. And, yeah. Yes. You see that whole. It's a lifestyle thing. Most definitely, it's a lifestyle thing. Is the jury still out whether dogs are smarter than cats? No, there was pretty much a study done that the cats. I don't know if it's an intelligence thing or an attention span thing, but the dogs came out smarter than the cats on the test, and I like to think the cats just got bored. <laughs> Joy, what do you think the cats are thinking about this? <laughs> I think they think it's all pretty funny. <laughs> you know, of course, they have their way of measuring their intelligence, which is vastly different than any way we'd use. Oh, sure. They're, they're smarter than we are, and they just don't speak because... They're too smart they're to do it. They're too smart to speak. <laughs> you notice the only people that get in trouble are people that open their mouth right. and speak. That's true. There yeah. you go. The cats are really smart. This is Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets. It's Animal Radio, baby. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to talk to Doctor Debbie, Vinny, Joy, Susan, or Bobby. We're all here for you. Coming up, Wendy Diamond in just a couple of minutes. She's always so. <laughs> she cheerful. You got to be on your game with her. She's just so bright and so cheery all the time. Of course, from Animal Fair magazine in that uh, hit series that she had a couple of years back, World's Greatest, greatest Dog, American Greatest American, greatest dog. American Dog, something like that. I understand they couldn't renew that because of her salary. That's not true. Wow. Somebody's getting paid well in the dog world. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Not in the radio world, but... Uh. Bobby working hard now to get condoms for giveaways as well as the animal not radio. Just not just regular not condoms. Yeah. Stories, not- but, but Hal and these condoms, you're absolutely right. There is an animal-related twist to them. <laughs> they help highlight the dangers of human overpopulation. And they have pretty, pretty pictures of endangered species on them. So. Oh. They are the endangered species condoms. Okay, learn more about found, that. Found at your local bar in Arizona. <laughs> Coming up in the news. Uh, also today, cats are cat owners are apparently smarter than dog owners, according to this new study that uh, Bobby just faxed this to me just a few minutes ago. I would have never. And thought. we're causing controversy already, aren't we? Yes, we are. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Let's uh, go to Karen. Hey, Karen, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. Where are you today? I'm in Wyoming right now. Lovely Wyoming, how can we help you? Um, I have a Minton. It's four years old, female. She's fixed. Um, she gets. We drive truck, and she gets really aggressive when we try to get out of the truck at the same time. If one of us stays in the truck, she's fine. Um, we've tried cage training her or crate training her. Um, we bought one of those portable the nylon ones, and she ate it. Um, oh, the other geez. one, she chewed it on it so bad that she made her face bloody. Mm. Okay. And I'm kind of wondering if there's you have any suggestions on how we can get her to settle down. I'm thinking it's an anxiety thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what does she do if if you both are actually exiting the cab? What what does she do? She, like, attacks the windows and growls and, and scratches at it. And, and if you open the door to tell her to stop it, then she growls at you and, and snaps at you and... Oh, my. Okay. Now, what does she do if uh, an outsider comes up to the window when you are already away? Do you know what how she behaves? The same way. The same way. Okay. 
Well, as far as I would say that the the challenge we have here is we could have kind of a crossover, a couple different behaviors going on. One would be that because especially she hates it when you both are leaving, this could be some form of separation anxiety. And separation anxiety is basically a dog's inability to cope with the emotional aspect of their people leaving. And that certainly could be part of this. Now, the ways that we could cope with that would be we need to teach her independence and sometimes with separation anxiety, the, the first instinct is we use crates or we use kennels. In some dogs, that can be counterproductive. And it sounds like in her case, she just got worse. She's chewing. She's more destructive. So we'd really be looking for something more to teach her that independence. And what I like to do for dogs that do this is I teach them a favored sit and calm spot. It basically is a way to teach her that this is your private spot. This is where you sit and you behave and you're good and you get rewarded for that. Getting from ground one to that point takes time, but you can do it with positive reinforcement in gradual increments. So basically, the concept is you have a special spot, her dog bed, her little blankie, certain area, and when you want to leave, that's the area we're going to want to train her to. So what your job is while you're driving truck or even not, we want to practice this, and we want her to go to that area on command Sit, reward her, give her a loving treat, a lot of attention, and you keep that keep that um, pattern up. You keep repeating it. We don't want to do that right off the bat and leave because then we don't we haven't actually taught her anything. We're just expecting her to jump to to college level school and she's still in in uh, elementary school there. Um, but with time, you teach her to this spot that this is her spot. It's a good spot. It's a calm spot, and you reward her for that behavior. And then also when you come back. We have to remember we don't want to get her all excited. Dogs with separation anxiety have problems when we leave, but we can make it worse when we return if we say, oh, how are you doing? Oh, it's so good to see you. Because you're making them more anxious, and you're teaching them that pattern of anxiety when you come or go. So that would be some of the work that I'd have you start working towards right now, and it will take some time. The other thing would be in the aspect of her having possible aggression or protective behaviors for her cab. And that's certainly something that's going to be hard because we can't control when people come by the, the cab or what have you. So you want to work on this basic behavior training to this calm spot, and then you can work and test that eventually with people walking near the cab. So it, it will be some work, and um, it's a little bit challenging. This kind of aspect of behavior medicine, when we have folks that drive truck, it, it's a little bit harder because your world is smaller, and you don't have as much room to work with, say, as in a home environment. So that that will be a bit of a challenge for you, and I will be honest with that, Karen. Yeah, because we've had her since she was six weeks old, and she's mm-hmm. with us all the time. I mean, we, can't, and, we can't leave any place because we've left her at my in-law's house, and she actually climbed the fence, climbed their fence, and ran home. Yeah, and you know that is it's it's a common problem that we love our dogs and we want them with us all the time, but in some dogs that constant attention they don't learn how to be an independent creature, and that's the one thing. If you have puppies out there right now, we want to teach a dog to be independent. So you want to teach them to have that private spot, sit down, stay here, play with your toy, or preferably even kennel training because it really can make it. 
them so much more adaptable as they get older and hopefully to prevent these kind of problems like Karen's having here. So good luck with that, Karen. See how that goes along and uh, give your baby a pat on the head here from all of us at Animal Radio. This is Dr. Debbie. We're waiting for your call at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, it's Vinnie Penn, your party animal on Animal Radio. So my daughter, seven years old, wants me to take out the family photo album the other day. She says, I want to see pictures of grandma, which is always quite difficult for me. That's my mother who passed away uh, just about two years ago. Uh, devastating blow from which I still haven't uh, recovered. But when my daughter wants to see pictures of her grandmother, damn it, we, we look at the pictures. And this time, you know, I, they say time heals all wounds. Uh, my ma- mother battled pancreatic cancer valiantly um, and went out with dignity. So uh, it gets easier. And some of the pictures are, are actually can bring a smile to your face. Funny. She was good for these funny dances and whatnot. We were flipping through, and my daughter noticed it. She actually said for the first time, she's like, geez, Daddy, you're not sad for the first time. We're further into the book than we've ever been. And I said, yeah, I'm noticing that myself. So we, we went deeper. We went back into pictures she may have never even seen. And then all of a sudden, we struck a photo of my mother with our dog, Cruiser, who we lost uh, quite a few years ago. And lo and behold, the trigger. The two of them together, Cruiser sitting in her lap. She never even liked the name I gave him, but she let me give him the name. The two of them together, it was just uh, not ready for that one. I made fun of a girl once for having a a doggy photo album, and it said it on front. It was specifically for her dogs. She had big dog. She had two huge dogs that would greet you at the door. I mean, they made Marmaduke look like a like a Shih Tzu. And I said, "But don't make doggy photo albums. Can't you just put them in with the family photo?" This was the first time that I thought, "Geez, you know, that doggy photo album, not a bad idea." Vinnie Penn, party animal. Animal Radio. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Did you know that your dog could have intestinal worms even if he's on a heartworm prevention program? For more complete protection, deworm your dog twice a year with broad spectrum Safeguard Canine Dewormer. To find out more, visit www.safeguardfordogs.com. As you all know, many, many emails. I would like to address two most common for the last few weeks, okay. which I received. People asking me, Vladi, what the heck dog training color you are always recommending? And my answer would be Herm Springer. It's a German. Herm Springer dog training colors. Uh-huh. Very humane, very gentle. Create a gentle grip through the neck. Imitate the doggy mama bite. Will not hurt, will not harm your pets. And this is the would be starting point of dealing with unruly pets. I highly suggest you get for your little terrorist yeah, pinch color. Have a very bad attitude. We can keep complaining or we can take the actions. This is the only color I solely approve. They are very humane. What is the name of it? Prong color with quick release by company Herm Springer. And that's spelled H-E-R-M-S-P-R-E-N-G-E-R. And, of course, we have links at the Animal Radio website. Got it. Sometimes people are crazy. Dogs are okay. That's for sure. <laughs> 
It's another new year, and your debt is higher than ever. Credit card balances that keep growing. Rising medical bills. Maybe you lost your job, or you're afraid of losing your home. That's the bad news. But you can work through your debt problems with help from Credit Card Relief. No, we're not a consolidation loan. Not another one of those credit counseling deals, and not bankruptcy. We're Credit Card Relief. We've been helping people just like you for nearly a decade. If you're struggling with too much credit card debt, call us for a free consultation. Call Credit Card Relief right now. The consultation is free and the relief is real. Call 866-800-5252. That's credit card relief. 866-800-5252. 866-800-5252. Hey, this is Big Ant from Rescue Inc. Remember, spay and your animal and abuses are losers. Now back to Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And looking over at Vinnie Penn sitting over there in his Just Do It t-shirt, reading, giving me that look. Like, don't talk about me. Is he reading his book? <laughs> is it? Is, no, Could it looks, be. Like, looks like a magazine uh, that he's reading. I'm not sure what magazine. I don't know. It looks like a magazine inside a magazine. What is it? Hold it up. <laughs> Oh, don't waste valuable airtime. Gotcha. Gotcha. Also, <laughs> and I'm, I'm here. Yes, Dr. Debbie, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing okay. I understand you got a transfusion going on there at the hospital? Yeah, a little bit uh, touch and go right now, but uh, hopefully all will turn out well. I see there's been another recall. Nature Variety Chicken Formula Raw Frozen Diet for Dogs has been recalled. Oh, no. And we're going to post this up at the website. It just came in today. So if you have oh, the three-pound chicken medallions or the chicken patties or the chicken chubs from Nature's Variety, voluntary recall due to salmonella, the best, if used by date, would read 11-10-10. If you have this product and it says that, uh, you want to uh, bring it in. Do you bring it back in? I don't know what you do with it. Throw it away. Don't feed it to your animals. That's yeah, what you do. Yeah, that's the main thing. Uh, we'll put that up at the Return website. Return it to point of purchase. Mm-hmm. Now, is this true? Cat owners are smarter? Yes, it's true. <laughs> oh, well, geez. United Kingdom's University of Bristol has found out that, in fact, cat owners are more likely to be college graduates and higher educated than dog owners. Is the jury still out whether dogs are smarter than cats? No, there was pretty much a study done that the cats, I don't know if it's an intelligence thing or an attention span thing, but the dogs came out smarter than the cats on the test and like to think the cats just got bored. <laughs> the whole gang's here. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I believe we have Diane on the phone. Hi, Diane. Hi. How are you? Very good. I have Doctor Debbie sitting right next to next to us. Hi, Doctor Debbie. How are you today? I'm doing great. What can we do for you today? You know, I have two Jack Russells. One is um, eight, and they're about ten months apart. The other one is approaching nine, and one is a broken haired, and one is a wired haired. And my wired haired Jack Russell for the last I'd say four years has had real bad hot spots. And it's just since we've moved out to California from the East Coast, mm-hmm. and we've tried everything, the diet, to see if he was allergic. We've tried, you know, specialized food where we go miles to buy it. And, you know, the steroids, but the steroids, after he's on them for a while, he gets the bad liver count. Oh, and yeah. I'm, I don't know what to do anymore. It's like, he, the poor thing is like almost raw from scratching himself. And tried every okay. antibiotic. So he has been on antibiotics as well? Yeah. 
Okay, because what we call a hot spot is technically that is actually an area of what we call moist dermatitis. So that's usually a, a really bad bacterial infection that develops in the skin, and a lot of times it is triggered from allergies, excessive scratching, things like that. But by itself, hot spots are more of a just a description, and it's not really a, a clinical syndrome. Because he is a Jack Russell, I would definitely be worried this boy has kind of general underlying allergies. Um, and um, Jack Russells are just not not blessed when it comes to skin things. So they can have um, inhalant-related allergies and food allergies. So if especially if the steroids aren't doing him very good, then we me- really might want to look into some of these other things to see how we can kind of attack that from another direction. Um, now, the steroids now, the w- work, just that they're not, he's shown high liver counts when, he, when he's on them on a consistent basis, but it does stop the itch, the steroids. Okay, so it does, good. But yeah, the downside with steroids is that in some patients, you know, we can see this uh, elevation with their liver tests, and sometimes that's just a benign change, but it makes it hard to know when there is really a serious problem with the liver going on, so that raises concerns for dogs that are on that. Um, there are some alternatives we can talk about, and one of the big things would be a, a food direction here. And I would d- definitely see about getting him on a prescription hypoallergenic diet for allergies. Um, a lot out there, um, but I talked to your veterinarian. Um, one of my favorites is uh, the ZD product by um, Hills. Um, there's one made by Purina, Royal Canin. There's tons of them out there, but that's one way to kind of try to get around this allergy thing. The other thing is that some medicines in place of prednisone, not that they're without side effects, but they might be a little different direction, and I find a lot of success with a medicine called cyclosporine. And How do you spell that? that um, spelled C-Y-C-L-O-S-P-O-R-I-N-E, cyclosporine. Okay. <laughs> and we won't, we won't use it in a long sentence or anything like that, but <laughs> that is a, that's a medication that, um, it kind of works with the immune system. So especially for pets with, uh, skin related allergies, it's something we can use to try to control in a long term long-term method and we start off with a higher dosage and then we work our way down to the lowest effective dose and um, I'd have to say the number one dog that I use it on is definitely a short-haired white coated breed dog Um, you can pick your breed Jack Russell's uh, English Bulldogs uh, all of those type of dogs that have that short white coat so I would see about that and then making sure I always like to make sure we're not missing anything on the skin surface check for mites and check for um, any concurrent bacteria infection because if we're not addressing that we're not going to stop the itch for your little baby there right no I, I, that doesn't seem to be the case hadn't said that many times like i said we have tried different diets but what was the, the one food that you like the dd something you just said yeah um the my favorite is zd and it's a um hydrolyzed protein um, there's different ways we can do food um, allergies. Um, one is using a hydrolyzed protein food, and the other is what we call a novel protein. Novel protein is things like uh, going to duck or venison or even, believe it or not, kangaroo in some <laughs> foods. Um, but they're different thought processes. 
some patients work better with one variety versus the other. So that's where um, it takes about a good six to eight week commitment with one select food and not getting anything else off the table or out of the cookie jar and to stick with that. So, uh, yeah, definitely food trials would be a way I would try for your baby because um, it is helpful. And if you don't have to shove a pill down the throat and all you have to do is pour it into the bowl, I am a huge fan on it. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Very good. Where are you? I'm in Colorado Springs. Okay, you're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, Jim. Hey, doc- hey Dr. Debbie. Hey, what can I do for you today? Well, we've got a uh, a cat. She's a little older. She's not exactly sure how old she is, between 12 and 14 years old. Um, she's always been rather slender, but recently she's dropped about a pound in weight, so now she only weighs about four and a half pounds. Wow, uh, that is tiny. Yeah, she's um, hungry uh, very often. She prefers uh, canned food uh, to, you know, dry, cause, probably because her teeth are a little bit tender mm-hmm. uh, for her age. And um, so she's lost weight. She's got loose bowels. Um, we've moved the cat boxes <coughs> upstairs so that she doesn't have so far to go to get to them, so she makes them more uh, regularly. But still we're pretty concerned <coughs> with uh, what she's got going on. Sure. Now, you said she's eating well. Is she is she eating a lot more than she usually does, or is that just she's always been a good eater? Uh, she's always been a fairly good eater. Uh, she asks asks for for food more often now. Okay. And how about any any changes in her personality? Does she seem uh, comfortable? Does she have any problems getting uh, sleeping through the night? Uh, anything like that? No, she doesn't seem to have any other problems. She's always been a little skittish, but. Uh, <laughs> She's still, uh, you know, like if you try to pick her up, she'll want to jump out of your, your you know, arms or lap or something. But uh, she still comes and sits on you or she can pet her on the back of the head just fine. So she's not okay. changed that way. Good, good. And then um, has there been any diet change, any new treats or any brand change recently? No. No, all the same stuff we've been using for a while. Okay. The first thing that I would say for a kitty in her age bracket, and the first thing I would go run into the vet and check out, is to have her thyroid level checked. Um, and the reason is that middle-aged to older cats can get a condition called hyperthyroidism, where the thyroid gland produces too much of that hormone. And that can cause things like ravenous appetite, weight loss, can cause some excitability problems, and it can cause diarrhea and vomiting. And some of what you've described would make me concerned enough that you might potentially be dealing with something like that. Um, if it is that condition, it is treatable. There's a variety of different ways to deal with that, but it would be a matter of getting that diagnosed and getting her on the right therapy for that because um, that is a, probably one of the most common hormone problems we do see in cats. Um, and then I think beyond that, you know, maybe we could have some other issues. And in older kitties, we can see some problems with inflammatory bowel disease where they don't necessarily absorb their nutrients really well. We get diarrhea, vomiting, weight loss. And that can sometimes be managed um, with um, hypoallergenic diets and uh, just an overall health assessment, making sure nothing else is really going wrong. Um, so that might be something else to consider. And, and I like to go with some different uh, what we call novel protein diets, things that are kind of different that the kitty's never seen before, uh, duck-based diets, venison-based diets, because sometimes that can help a uh, kitty with inflammatory bowel disease um, so that they can uh, use their nutrients more efficiently. 
Um, but there are some bad things that can potentially cause all of what we're describing and what we're talking about, and, and those can be some of the intestinal uh, cancer type things. So um, the first thing I would say is make sure we check out that thyroid possibility. Um, I'm from Vegas and I don't like to bet, (laughs) but that would be one of the first things I'd want to bet on for her that that may be uh, going on. And then check out the rest of the uh, digestive tract with your veterinarian. We did go to the vet yesterday and so blood tests are being done right now. So uh, he seemed to think think the same thing you did. Uh, Her her thyroid glands were not pronounced in any fashion, but uh, he was still fairly confident that that is uh, definitely a possibility, so... Right. Yeah, and that's one thing that sometimes we're lucky enough if we're worried about thyroid gland problems, we can actually feel that just by kind of running our fingers along the, the throat area. Um, but, yeah, if we don't find that just visibly, doesn't mean it's not there because cats can have thyroid tissue kind of hidden elsewhere in their neck and in their chest area. So, yeah. Well, let me know how that goes, Jim, because, um, you know, I want to know if I'm right. <laughs> and okay. We'll see if, you're, if your vet and I are thinking along the same ways there. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio at one 405 We turn to Animal Radio News Director Bobby Hill. You're working on a Susan Boyle story. Now, this is intriguing, of course. This is the singer from that uh, English version of the... Uh, Britain's American- Got Talent. Yes. Everyone saw, I think, the YouTube clip of everything where this dowdy little lady comes out and just blows oh, everyone yeah. away yeah. with her voice. Yeah. She has animals. She has a kitty, and and there was there was an opportunity for her to come over here to the left coast. But well, I'll tell you all about it coming up in the news. Oh, I can't wait now. I'm even going to listen. Okay, Doctor Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Vinnie Penn's here. Animal communicator Joy Turner, Susan Sims, uh, Britt, and next week, dog father Joey Villani joins Woo-hoo. us. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter made from whole kernel corn. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. The Humane Society of the United States has released an analysis of animal protection laws in all 50 states and found California leading the nation in animal welfare laws. The HSUS found the Golden State had the strongest animal protection laws covering animals on farms, at racetracks, in the wild, and in the home. Also scoring high were Colorado, New Jersey, Maine, and Massachusetts. At the opposite end of the list... South Dakota and Idaho, they scored the lowest for their complete failure to make blatant animal cruelty a felony or even outlaw cockfighting. The report also noted the Humane Society's success at passing 121 laws strengthening animal protection in 2009. The woman who literally knocked off Simon Cowell's socks with her performance on Britain's Got Talent says she will be keeping her feet firmly planted on Scottish soil for the sake of her cat. Susan Boyle was offered a a multi-million dollar California mansion, but that would mean uprooting her beloved cat Pebbles. According to record label Sony Boyle, quote, seemed terribly sad but said she feared her pet might not survive the flight and, even if it did, might not settle by the ocean, end quote. And now your canine companion can tweet right along with you, thanks to a new toy from Mattel. The company plans on releasing puppy tweets It's a plastic tag for your dog's collar. The tag is programmed to randomly generate one of 500 tweets from your dog whenever it senses barking or movement. (laughs) And when it hits the store shelves, puppy tweets will retail 
for twenty nine ninety nine. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter. Be sure of which common household plants are poisonous to pets like lilies, tulip bulbs, and chrysanthemum and keep them out of reach of all animals. Some foods that are toxic include chocolate, grapes, onions, and macadamia nuts. Get more tips from Dr. McPete at www.worldsbestcatlitter.com slash radio. This is Animal Radio, baby. Sleep already? 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets. The dog taking his place, Ladybug the Studio Stunt Chihuahua. Not even a Chihuahua. Nah, but we were just so used to calling her that. <laughs> you know what I miss? I got to tell you, I'm missing. What? I'm missing Vlade just a just a little bit. I can't believe you'd admit to that. Yeah. I, well, you know, I know it's strange, but wow. Well, I'm not supposed yeah, to say that. Strange no. is your middle name, Hal. So yeah, go you could with say it. that. I wish you could see the studios right now. We should put that webcam in. No. Uh, Guido is jumping up and down like I, I wasn't supposed to mention the V word. <laughs> Which is which oh, is Vladi. Didn't you see his memo? Yeah, but uh, Joey Volani joins us next week. <laughs> I know I've said this for well, the last yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, what happened? He thought he was supposed to be here this yeah, week. He's moving across the country to be with us uh-huh. at Animal Radio. Apparently it takes a little while. Well, yeah. there was a lot of rain last week, and he's yeah. driving. And did you see there was some snow not too long yeah. ago, too? <laughs> yeah, a lot of storms. So I promise he'll be uh, here with us next week. And Dr. Debbie's here to answer your vet medical questions. Vinnie Penn is here. So the uh, two-thirds of the Italian contingent here, also uh, animal communicator Joy Turner. one 405 8405 We have Wendy Diamond back on Animal Radio. Hey, Wendy. How are you doing? Hello. How are you? Of course, the Animal Fair magazine founder and uh, did a little TV stint last year on a, on a show. Forgive me. I forgot the name, but I'm hoping... It's- Greatest American Dog oh, on yes. CBS. <laughs> <laughs> I was just joking with you. I was just, is that ever going to come back? Who knows? Who knows? But you can always see me on, like, the Today Show every other month, and I'm also on Better TV every Friday. <laughs> Good. Well, I see you have a new book out. It's not in front of me. We haven't we haven't received any copies yet, because I, I, oh, what, are no. they all sold out? Well, you know, I think, you know, I have to be very grateful. Yeah, they've been selling. It's been really, really popular, thank God, and they're absolutely been a lot of press on the book because it is a culmination of 10 years of my life in the pet world. It's like a biography chronicling what's well, been going on or what? Goes, it, it goes through, um, you know, 10 years ago when I launched Animal Fair, it was after I adopted my um, cat and then I adopted my dog and the book is called It's a Dog's World. Okay. And it talks about, you know, how I adopted Lucky and how in the last 10 years what I've, you know, kind of brought into the lifestyle world of pets and you know created the first ever pet fashion show and um, yeah, thanks for that by the way who actually understand now that it is important for certain breeds to have jackets in the cold and that it is you know very very important that we do protect some of the hairless dogs from the sun with clothing there you but go I do bobby not promote dogs 
I definitely don't promote dressing up your dogs in tutus. See, Bobby, I Thank dress you. up. Well, 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 I, no, wait, wait, wait I dress a up my little dog because she's she has she's uh, almost she has no hair on her little underbelly. She's six pounds and she gets cold. But what you dress yeah, her up but, in is it does, it has little frills, the little and it's kind uh, of pink uh, and uh, it keeps see, her warm. I side warm. with Wendy. I'm side with uh, yeah, Wendy. She's absolutely right. There is yeah, a know, fine I line. You know, I think people. I mean, it's a dog's world. The book is. Everything from grooming to training to food to travel to exercise, everything you need to know when having a dog in this century. And it, it goes through the whole thing about pet fashion. I go through the whole timeline of where, you know, pet fashion, where it started and where it is today. And when, you know, when people like look at like the media and they see, you know, Paris Hill walk with the dog and everybody with these dogs and clothing, you know, people just need to realize a lot of times when you see these photographs, these are events where we're raising money for animal rescue. Wow. And that's when people dress up their dogs. And there's, listen, we can all, you know, if I, you know, whenever I get married, absolutely well, I want my dog in the wedding and I will probably dress her up in a, you know, adorable little wedding dress. But, you know, absolutely should they not be dressed up every day. If this book chronicles 10 years, you must have seen a lot of changes happen in the animal yeah, world over 10 I mean, years. Well, when I, you know, how I got involved with um, animals was I was helping homeless people and children in New York. And I was raising money and um, fundraising for the Coalition for the Homeless. And when I moved here, I was really young and I was alone. And I went to the shelter and I adopted, you know, my cat and my dog. And I realized, like, wow. At that time, 12 million animals were euthanized a year. Mm-hmm. And today, it's down to 5 million. So there's been a huge change. I mean, even 10 years ago, dogs were named Spot in the backyard. Right. Now they're, they're, they're not in the backyard anymore. They have, more, like, they have nicer beds than we do <laughs> in the house. They have condos. You know, and they're named people names. Yes. I want to give away. Do, are we going to give me? Okay, yes. we have 10 copies of this book. It's not in studio yet, but we will have it. It's A Dog's World, The Savvy Guide to Four-Legged Living, 10 years. I, wait, I, I want to say this also, Hal, because I think people don't realize that I got a couple calls about it. Even if you have a three-legged dog, you're going to oh. love this book. <laughs> well, it's, that's Good a legitimate Wendy. concern, yes. No, I, you know, I, I, you know, I got a couple people were calling me, and I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, when we thought of the title and the, the subtitle of this book, we realized, you know, I didn't even think about it, but I actually promote, you know, of course, you know, dogs that do, you know, don't have all their legs, and this book is absolutely for them as well. Wendy, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Check it out. It's on Ballantine Books. If your store doesn't have it, ask them to order it. They can order it. It's a dog's world, the savvy guide to four-legged living. Or order it online, Amazon, or Barnes Noble, or Borders. We love to take care of our animals better than we take care of us, pretty much. Oh, they always come first. Sometimes. I'll do without, yes. It was very enjoyable when we got a sample of Stella and Chewy's here. Yeah, it was a little different from the normal food that we get. We get lots of samples. It smells good. It really yeah, does, doesn't it's not it? not messy or anything. Yeah. When, when a food, a dog food, smells good to me, <laughs> makes me hungry, then i got to yeah. check it out. Anyhow, we tried it on, uh, what's her name again? Oh, Ladybug, Ladybug. the studio. Ladybug! The, yeah, yes. the diva dog here. She's a finicky dog. She doesn't like a lot of food for very long. And if she no. does, maybe she'll give it up in a week or two. She goes through her phases. She wants variety. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we moved Stella Chewy's beef treats this last week. We started her on chicken. Right. She enjoys it very mm-hmm. much. We put this stuff out. They're like little patties, freeze-dried patties. We put a little water. Sometimes I have a little uh, 
chicken broth I'll put in, but mm. you've told me, Judy, not to do that because it's too much sodium. Too much sodium, yeah. There's some you have to look Ooh, yeah. for. And you can, you well can put taken. it on as long as it has low sodium. But if you're Get a, the ones that are low sodium and no MSG. Yes. Yeah. Water is what it's made for, and it tastes mm-hmm. just yeah. fine without uh, without the chicken soup Plenty or anything like that. I just flavor. like change it up for her every once in a while. But these patties are great to travel around the country with if you're a trucker. They're right lightweight. Now. They're very lightweight. All you have to do is add the water. They love the food, and it's a raw diet, which was freeze-dried, made with USDA-inspected meat, raised naturally with no added hormones or antibiotics. And also lots of vegetables and cranberries, fruits. All natural. Good stuff. No chemicals. You know exactly what's in it. Stella and Chewies. Visit their website at StellaAndChewies.com or call 888-477-8977. We put all this information up at the website at AnimalRadio.com. We don't expect you to write down everything as you're driving right now. This is really good stuff. If you're, if you're transient, if you move across the country a lot, mm-hmm. great stuff for it you to It travels have. well. And it's eco-friendly. No messy cans or anything like that. And you can order it right from the front page of AnimalRadio.com. It's Stella and Chewies. Stella and Chewies. And, of course, as a Bobby says Chewies is spelled C-H-E-W-Y-S. StellaandChewies.com. You might spell it wrong. You don't want to do that. This is Animal Radio. Animal Radio is brought to you by... One Shot Plus Multipurpose Cleaner attacks everyday stains. Pet stains, crayon marks, mildew, One Shot, and it's gone. Call 1-800-874-7070 or go to OneShotPlus.com to get yours now. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A lot of people feel a little uneasy at the dentist, but one patient in Arizona feels like a fish out of water. That's because that's what he is. Zorro the puffer fish usually spends his days as a mascot at a popular Scottsdale restaurant, but once a year he comes to Dr. Brian Dolberg to get his overbite trimmed. Dolberg, who usually works on humans, says that if Zorro's teeth get too big, he'll starve to death, so he's been trimming his teeth for the last five years. He says Zorro seems to know the drill by now, but it's still a delicate procedure. Zorro has to repeatedly be placed back in a bucket for oxygen. Takes about an hour, and then Zorro is back to work again, swimming around in a tank at the restaurant. Dolberg doesn't charge for his tooth trimming for Zorro. He's happy to help, and he also says it's unlikely that his insurance company would accept the claim. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Let's face it, life happens. From spills to pet stains, One Shot Plus Multipurpose Cleaner attacks everyday stains, eliminating the need for other cleaning products. Pet stains, crayon marks, mildew, One Shot, and it's gone. Safe for the environment, your pets, and your family. Call 1-800-874-7070 and mention Animal Radio. That's 1-800-874-7070. Or go to OneShotPlus.com to get yours now. We get lots of food samples here at Animal Radio, so we can be picky about selecting a healthy food. If you're a regular listener, you know Ladybug is one finicky diva. When we got a sample of Stella and Chewy's, the healthy ingredients were there, but would she eat it? I'm here to tell you she ate it as fast as we put it down and begged for more. We feel good about feeding our dog Stella and Chewy's, and we want you to try Stella and Chewy's too. Visit StellaandChewy's.com or call 888-477-8977. That's 888-477-8977. Listen closely. 
Did you hear that? That's the sound of peace of mind. Peace of mind that comes in convenient, pre-measured packets of Safeguard K9 Dewormer. Just sprinkle the granules on your dog's food twice a year to protect him against the major types of canine intestinal worms. Monthly heartworm prevention programs alone are not enough. Find out how to get the upper hand on intestinal worm infections by visiting www.safeguardfordogs.com. Does your pet become anxious when you leave the house? Do certain sounds like thunder or sirens cause your pet to feel uneasy? If your pet barks excessively or is an out-of-control chewer, you'll find the solution in Classic Cuts by Music My Pet. The principal performer for Disney's Baby Einstein has created Classic Cuts with special sounds to help calm, soothe, and relax your pet. A calm pet is a happy pet. To order your Classic Cuts, visit www.musicmypet.com or call 1-877-PET-CALM. Hi, this is Joy Behar on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. one 405 to talk to anyone on the Dream Team. We're graced with the presence of animal communicator Joy Turner. Hey, Joy, how are you doing? I am pretty great, Hal. How about yourself? Very good. You ready to hit the phones? You bet. We have Anita. Hi, Anita. How are you doing? Fine. You're on with um, Joy. Hi, Joy. Um, this is my first time actually listening to this program. I oh, just welcome. came it today. Um, but I was wanting to ask about a dog that I had. Um, I had for 14 years. And she was staying over at my uh, son and daughter-in-law's and came up missing. And I was just wondering, um, can you tell me something about her? Did she go off and die or did somebody find her? Can you tell me your name? Dino. Dino? Uh-huh. And how long ago was she at your son or daughter's? It was, um, I guess, about two years ago. Okay. Tell me what kind of a dog she is. Chihuahua. Um. No, she actually shows me that she is still in her body. She is? She is. And that she's living with someone else. Oh, no. So is someone there... else found her. Are you serious? That's what she's showing me. So I would have to assume that that's true. And there's no way you can't tell me where she is or anything, huh? No, I'd have to do a little more research with her. I'd have to know the address of where she was when she left and the city and the state and a little bit about what it's like around there. So that would be more something that I would have to do with you um, in a private way instead of here over the radio. Okay. All right. Um, Okay, is she happy? She's doing fine. Okay. She thinks that... um, she feels really needed where she is. She felt very loved with you. Uh-huh. She feels differently needed where she is. Really? So maybe she's with an old uh, couple or something? Yeah, it feels like when I'm asking her to show me what the people feel like, it feels like they kind of totter around the house. Really? So okay. I think must be fairly old people. Well, that's good. So when an animal leaves and gets lost and someone finds them, I mean, they don't breathe. It depends on the animal and it depends on the circumstances and it also depends on what the soul of that particular animal is wanting. Uh Sometimes 
they do want to come back, but animals typically, especially after even a while, they kind of move on with their life instead of holding on. And if that's the way it is and they can't get back to where they were, then they accept where they are and they move on from there. I hope that answers some questions for you, Anita. one 405 I'll let you two yap off the air there. Go ahead, Judy. You can pick it up. Uh, if you want to talk to Joy Turner or if you want to get in touch with her during the week and schedule a regular session, you can do that at joyturner.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Shelley Morrison from Willing Grace, and I'm on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pets. Please. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And don't forget, Dr. Debbie answering your medical questions, Vinnie Penbritt Savage, Susan Sims with Fido Friendly Travel Talk, Animal Communicator Joy Turner. And on the phones, I know we have Jana. Hi, Jana. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Where are you? Um, Big Water, Utah. Oh, near Kanab, where we used to yeah. be. Yeah. What station are you listening on? Um, well, I was listening on the page station, but they... Uh, we don't play it anymore, do they? Yeah, and I'm kind of upset about that. Yeah. You can give them a call. You know, it comes out of St. George, and of course, we're on XM Satellite Radio, too. But how, oh, okay. can, how can we help you today? What's, what's going on with your pets? Well, I have a, a bunch of kitties. I have a foster parent for uh, cats and feral cats. But I have three of my indoor kitty cats, and they're Angora um, Siamese. And they have body, they, it started out with ear mites, but they have uh, what's called mange mites. Okay. And it's um, where they get, a, they start eating it so bad, they scab up, and then they start, they lose their hair and everything. I have one that looks like a leopard appaloosa. What is that, Doc? Um, well, there's lots of different types of mites, but um, there's the classification of ear mites, and then there's kind of like body mites, and sometimes there's a crossover between these, but there are microscopic critters that live in or on the skin Ooh. and cause itchiness and hair loss, and they can be really challenging as far as in for some cats, and if you've got a, quite a, a household there, if you've got quite a few cats, then do the kitties go outside or are they just inside? Well, mine are inside, but what happened was that some of the ones we adopted to, um, you know, give out for adoption, they came inside. And, and it seems to afflict the ones that are mostly white, but I, it got my um, inside cat that's totally been inside all the time and hasn't been around them, and she got them somehow. Mm-hmm. And I tried bathing them. <laughs> and, um, you tried doing uh, what? Bathing. Bathing them? Yeah, what were you bathing them with? Um, it was, uh, uh, like, flea red for mites and this and that. It was a, a liquid soap, like a shampoo. Then I got okay. the powder for body mites and ear mites. And then, the, so, you know, the, the um, stuff that they put in their ears also. It's a real okay. problem because I'm fighting it hard. All right. Now, my, my first question here is going to be, do we have a specific, because there's a lot of different types of mites, do you have a specific diagnosis from your veterinarian? 
No. Okay, because that might be important in deciding which products are going to be the most efficacious for you. Um, huh. Because ear, ear mites, um, a lot of times we'll use topicals where you put the drops in the ears. Um, I'm actually a fan of ear mites treating with a product called Revolution. And uh-huh. that's a spot-on product that you apply elsewhere to the body, not to the ears. Um, but that can be useful for ear mites and some other types of mites as well. Um, okay. But I, I think it's going to be real important to get uh, what we call a skin scraping so we can identify uh-huh. the mite that you have. Um, because sometimes I'll use products that are uh, lime sulfur-based dips, and we'll be talking about dipping all your kitties on a, on a protocol. So um, before we kind of go down uh, a lot of heavy-duty um, medications or dips, I want to make sure we've got the right diagnosis for your babies. Um, also because things like ringworm in cats can uh, cause a lot of the same kind of hair loss patterns that you can see with some really bad mange-type signs. Um, uh-huh. So that that too would be important is to get um, a culture for ringworm, which isn't actually a worm, it's a fungus. Um, So that too will be very important because I think that um, with all these different kitties, you'll go broke trying to keep trying all these different products. And, um, you know, over-the-counter medications may be useful if we get a diagnosis, but I I would be very hesitant to, you know, keep hitting them with flea and tick products and things like that without knowing exactly which one we've got. Exactly. Have you had some just, newer cats that have come in and, and brought this that you think? Yes, I, that's what I think happened. Okay, and are were, they all scratchy and itchy, or is anybody, no, are they just... different. It's, it seems like it affects, this is really weird, the ones that are white in color. And do they have any sores? Yeah, because they start itching them so bad and, and pulling them out, the scabs out, then they get sores. And I was, I, I was thinking about like trying to apply maybe furazone, but I don't know if that's good for cats. Yeah, I, I'm the first thing. I, it's so important that we find out exactly what they got, and it's really not that hard. So, um, as far as not that my job isn't hard, but as a veterinarian, when we diagnose skin mites, um, it's a pretty simple process. You scrape a little bit of the surface skin, we put it on a, a microscope slide, look under the microscope, and we can tell you as far as what we've got and which way we're going to need to go. So, I think that's going to be really important here, Jenna, and I, um, I encourage you to really do that before you. Scan keep self-treating these kitties because I think we can really get ourselves into a corner where we think we haven't treated it effectively and we might just not have the right product. Right. So, um, I have a silly question. How do you dip a cat because they just, when they go by water? <laughs> <laughs> that, that would make a great cartoon. Uh, let's uh, show a video of dipping a cat. Um, you know, it, it can be done. Um, I usually recommend smaller enclosed areas, more as such as a, um, a sink versus a bathtub for cats. Um, exactly. so utility room sinks are nice. Um, I actually know groomers who use some different types of products where they kind of help keep the kitty confined in the area. And it's tough, but um, it, it may be a two-person job for some cats to really effectively get them treated. And we always start okay. from the head and work our way down, avoiding the eyes and avoiding the nose. So I want to make sure we don't get any of that bad product in their eyes. Well, hope that helps you out some, Jana, and uh, let me know how that works out for your scratching kitties. We want to get them feeling comfortable very soon. Thanks for your call, 1-866-405-8405. Those numbers open all week long, you lucky dog. If we're not in, go ahead and leave us a message. You can also email us at yourvoiceatanimalradio.com. Now, during this next week, it is up to Bobby to score some of those environmentally friendly condoms. 
for giveaways for Animal Radio. They have now festively decorated condoms with <laughs> artwork that calls the attention to the impact of human pop- overpopulation on endangered species. And oh. It's really cool. They have the spotted owl on there. Hey, we got to hit these guys up for some free condoms because they're distributing 100,000 of them free. That's gonna I'm going to send them a little yeah. email. Make that and, your mission say that, for this week. My mission for Aminal Radio yes. is to get the specially decorated Save the Endangered Species condoms. Tell them we'll do giveaways. We can do giveaways. We can't can't we? We'll do lots of giveaways. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, we will do that then. This is Animal Radio Network.